Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Good afternoon and welcome into Bet the Edge on this Wednesday, May 12th. NFL Week 1 schedule has been released. We break down the lines of the major matchups. Steve Kornacki, he predicted Medina Spirit with us before the Kentucky Derby. What is he thinking at the Preakness? Will Gray very high on an American golfer at the Byron Nelson, who has a lot of value. And of course, edge of the day to finish up the show. All that and more coming up on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Sarah and I appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge. Please rate the pod. And if you're not a daily subscriber, sign up. Remember, Bet the Edge will give you all the information you need for your wagers every weekday, all in about 25 minutes. Plus, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think we should talk about. You can find me at Sarah Perlman and Drew at whale underscore capper. And Drew, today's a big day. The NFL week one lines have been released. We've seen the schedule, of course, and for points bet with us, they gave us pretty much where they think these lines uh, will open the projected spread. And the first game we got to get to, of course, the NFL kickoff game Thursday, September 9th, the Dallas Cowboys playing the reigning Super Bowl champions in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and points bet told us that as they look at it now, it looks like Tampa Bay 
will be laying seven. Keep in mind, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are returning all 22 starters to defend their Super Bowl title. You look at this first glance, and of course, a ton to digest with Dak Prescott coming back and going to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys after suffering a terrible injury last season. You look at the seven. What's your initial reaction to that number, Drew? So... Our I, my initial reaction is our points bet trader friends are, are pretty sharp because I saw some other sixes out there and I thought that's going to seven. And sure enough, our points bet friends already thinking in that mindset seven. Mm -hmm. I could see this close seven and a half, to be honest. Uh, and realistically, this is a brutal matchup for the Cowboys. Cowboys pass defense is nothing to write home about. Uh, they have huge weaknesses, a corner and safety. They loaded up in the draft to stop the run. And now you get to face Tom Brady with excellent pass protection and some of the best wide receiving core across the entire NFL. Uh, this looks pretty one-sided in my opinion. If the Cowboys cover, it's going to be a backdoor. Uh, I'm probably going to end up laying the points here with Tampa and uh, maybe get a little good double dip, little Tampa Bay first half, Tampa Bay full game. Yeah, I do love that. I do have to point out that Dan Quinn, who also fell to Brady back when he was with Seattle, and then, of course, the Falcons, we remember that. He is now the Cowboys defensive coordinator. So I will have to say I love Tampa. I know it sounds chalky. I think a lot of people will, but their defense is not going to be able to hold up with Tampa Bay's. Okay. Uh, the next game that we're going to quickly look at, it has to be this Browns and Chiefs game. The projected spread right now, Chiefs laying seven and a half. We had Jeff Schwartz on the show uh, a few days ago, and he was talking all about the offensive line and the protection that we're going to see Patrick Mahomes have throughout the season, and he's spot on. It's going to be tough. Seven and a half is a large number. I will say the Browns are coming off of their best regular season record since 84. You're going to see Odell Beckham return uh, to add to their wide receiver course. So seven and a half. What are you thinking here? That's begging for Browns money. Begging. Uh, you saw that playoff game close. Chiefs minus eight. Chiefs were coming off of a bye. And the Browns made huge, huge positive acquisitions this yeah. offseason. This is not your 2020 Browns team. The defense is substantially improved from a personnel standpoint. Um, and they're, they look dangerous this year. I would guess that this closes on the other side of seven. Um, it's going to take a decent amount of money to come across seven, obviously. But uh, I think fair price here is around KC minus five and a half, minus six. I'm with you. I love the dog in this spot. I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield supporter. I know I've made that clear on a previous show, but listen, he could certainly hold his own. And with Odell Beckham, I think rejoining. And to your point, the additions that they made during the draft. Um, and now I like the dog. Okay. The final game we're going to take a look at bears and Rams. This is going to be the Sunday night football matchup on NBC as it's looking Rams minus six and a half. And I will say this line has officially been posted. It is the first line points bet has put up uh, on their site as of today. Matt Stafford, of course, will be the quarterback. He's replacing Jared Goff for Los Angeles. We're not really sure who's going to start for the Bears. You can make an argument. Justin Fields could beat out Andy Dalton come preseason. Uh, six and a half right now as it stands. What do you think? If I had to guess, the Bears are going to stick with Dalton at least for week one. Uh, which would make this a uh, no way I could no no way I'm getting involved with the Bears. Bears offensive line has some massive holes. Andy Dalton is brutal under pressure, and oh by the way, he's facing uh, you know the, the most solid defensive player on the planet, and Aaron Donald. Uh, this is not a good matchup for the Bears. This everything about this matchup actually screams under. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what kind of the total we get here because I'll be uh, I'll be loading up on some under. This is probably. Uh, 
I, I, you know, it's going to be I a mean, good game. This number even open out. I honestly feel like it's going to be a 42 and a 41 and a half and a <laughs> six, six and a half point spread. But with the quarterback situation, I do think you're right. I think Andy Dalton holds his own and it's going to be tough. We'll see during, during training camp, but I love the Rams here too. Um, and, and plus Jeff Schwartz did talk about, if you like the other side, he did mention when we had him on two days ago, it might be regression for the Rams defensively this year, but I'm still far more bullish on them, especially with Matt Stafford. I personally think that's a huge upgrade at quarterback compared to Jared Goff. Of course, in the regression, we'll see it against teams like San Francisco and Seattle, not against the <laughs> I'm with you. We're going to get into more lines, of course, throughout all summer. We could break these down when we start seeing them and other offseason moves leading up to, to training camp. But for now, there's a big horse race this weekend, and I'm fired up, Preakness. And for that, we're bringing in Steve Kornacki. Of course, everyone's familiar with his work on NBC and MSNBC. And Steve, I'm most familiar with your work because all you do is pick winners on this show. Medina Spirit. Yes. Why Medina isn't anyone talking about Medina Spirit? Is, is this like war emblem all over again where we watch this race and, you know, he goes to the front and he never loses the lead and he gets double-digit odds? I, I'm wondering about that. <laughs> Medina Spirit came home and uh, that was exciting and we saw you of course on the coverage for the Kentucky Derby staying with your pick right before the race but now there's a there's an interesting situation surrounding Bob Baffert and it, it was a huge positive story he has this horse at 12 to 1 win the Kentucky Derby and, and we saw obviously everything happen now with the illegal substance use. So it's been a crazy week. What are your thoughts on this tumultuous week surrounding Bob Baffert and now knowing that Medina Spirit and other horses are racing in Preakness on Saturday? Yeah, I, I mean, just a bizarre week. I mean, from my own, you know, selfish standpoint, it was, you know, obviously when Medina Spirit crossed the finish line in uh, Louisville, I thought I knew something. I felt like I knew something, but clearly I didn't know the half of it. Um, but, um, and, and yeah, I, I, I probably should just have uh, retired on the spot because the other <laughs> pulling another rabbit out of my hat are, are, I know they're, they're pretty low. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's such a, um, um, it, it, it's such a strange situation because obviously there's, there's everything that's happened this week. And then you look ahead to this race and I mean, you can absolutely see a scenario, I think where Medina spirit wins again. And at least on paper in that moment, you've got a horse that's won the first two legs of the triple crown, but then there's the possibility that they could still end up stripping the, the Derby title. I, I, I guess they're still going to wait till that, that second test comes back. Although I think we now have a sense of what that test is likely to show based on what Baffert has said. Um, and, and so, I mean, who knows it, it, it just, yeah, it, it, it looked like to me um, even taking my own sort of selfish interests to the side, I thought it was a, it seemed like a very nice story. Um, you know, this, the, the mm -hmm. horse original purchase price of a thousand dollars, you know, uh, kind of undersized and just running his heart out there and, and, and holding off everybody in the Derby. And now the story looks a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's still the rightful favorite. I agree with you. He got a great draw, uh, inside speed again. Um, I still think he won the Derby because he had the speed, not because he had 21 picograms of blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, he's got a tough competition in this race, particularly from another Bob Baffert horse in Concert Tour. And Concert Tour is a really, really challenging handicap for me. 
because for all of the lead up to the Derby, uh, it felt like Medina spirit was sort of the, you know, he, he was the other horse and you know, that the, the, you know, the, the Baffert was focusing on, uh, you know, concert tour, uh, as, as his guy concert tour shows up at the Arkansas Derby as a one to five favorite and no showed. Uh, and that really kind of threw everybody off of his scent. Now, I would normally throw out a horse like that, but after seeing what Mandal- Mandaloon ran uh, in the Derby, after his poor performance in the Louisiana Derby, I'm rethinking this. Uh, you know, do you think there's a, a chance here that Concert Tour, who all along was perceived as the better horse than Medina Spirit, uh, is you know should be the rightful favorite in this race? Yeah, I mean, I see the morning lines two to one and, and five to two, so they're 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 pretty close to co-favorites here. And I I guess the way I look at it is. You know, and I, I was talking to you guys for the Derby that I'm always trying to find the price. I, I, I hate betting favorites. And um, I, there is, a, at least on paper, is a pretty compelling case for just doing a Baffert exacta here. Yeah, yeah. Hammering it. And the reason, I, I would put it this way. Um, to me, if Concert Tour, let's say, was trained by anybody else, I, I might be thinking about this race differently. Meaning, I think the potential for concert tour and for Medina spirit to get into this just suicidal speed duel, I think would be real. Um, and I think that's kind of my, my sense of it is that's kind of what happened to concert tour in the Arkansas Derby. Those, those early fractions were really fast, kind of got worn out and then super stock was able to, you know, come in in the stretch. Um, but I, you just, I, I guess there's that, I, I would have that sense that they're both Baffert trained and Baffert's going to make sure as much as he can that these two horses don't tire each other out too early. And so if they are the two, then it just becomes a question to me, is there anybody else who could get up there and contest that pace? Maybe midnight bourbon could, you know, and, and that could complicate things. But I, I, you know, I do see that possibility that the, you know, Baffert's got the the top two. I don't know. Could Medina spirit, you know, if he's in second, could he run, could he run concert tour down? He hasn't really, you know, overtaken anybody. We know that if Medina Spirit gets in the lead, he doesn't seem to lose the lead. You know, he might be in a position on this race where he's got to run concert tour down. But I, I, I just sense, given that they're both trained by Baffert, that they're not, they're unlikely, I'd put it that way, they're unlikely to kill each other here. Yeah, that's a great call. And Midnight Bourbon, not really showing the ability to pass, which is a little concerning. Uh, so if he's not on the early speed, then he's probably out of the race. Um, how about some of the, uh, I, I've heard people make cases for the Chad Brown horses here, notably crowded trade. These horses ran in New York in the run up. New York field was really, really weak. Uh, is there any, any hope for uh, the Brown horses here or are they throwouts? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause you just, you just look at the profile of crowded trade, right. And you say, that's, this is cloud computing. This is, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is Chad Brown's yeah. horse from, you know, exactly. from, uh, uh, right from 2017. We've seen him here virtually with these same odds, the Derby skipping horse that, you know, finished third in the wood. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, I mean, the thing that I, I am tempted to, 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 to go with crowded trade for that reason, basically, the thing that holds me back is exactly what you're saying. That wood Memorial just looks <laughs> week um and those you know those two uh, those two uh, three actually i forgot i even forgot brooklyn strong ran uh, this from it that ran uh in the derby didn't didn't show you anything so i'm i'm really really inclined to kind of pass on both brown horses because of that and then yeah look a little deeper you know if there's some kind of a long shot you know again like maybe maybe you know our gut feeling here is wrong on this you know the two baffert horses you know don't uh don't wear each other out 
if you are looking for a horse to come from off the pace, I guess the two that I'm that are in my mind right now are Rombauer uh, and Keep Me in Mind. Um, I think they're the two that I'm a little you know curious about, and I think would be likely to to include. Okay, love that, Steve. I have to ask you. You talk about Bob Baffert's horses, who are the clear favorites, and we've seen that. And favorites win at the Preakness at a much higher clip than the Kentucky Derby or the Belmont, and that could be because strictly the length or maybe different reasons in the back. So for statistical reasons, when you look at this race, why is that? Why do the favorites tend to tend to win more in the Preakness than let's say the Kentucky Derby or Belmont? Yeah, I, it's it definitely true. I, I think to me, the biggest single factor is just the field is, is just generally much smaller. Um, so you'll get generally the Derby winner, a ton of Derby horses, even, even some of the you know, sec, often second, third, fourth, as we saw this year, second, third, fourth place, in the Derby will skip the Preakness altogether. Um, a lot of times, you know, the rest of the field will be uh, made up of these horses, um, you know, who didn't run in the Derby, who un- it's very unusual to see them when cloud computing is sort of the exception to the rule who we were talking about a second ago. So when they don't run in the Derby and they show up at the Preakness, there's, there's a pretty poor track record there of actually winning the race. A lot of the, the sort of, you know, as I say, the high quality Derby horses, a lot of, a lot of them end up skipping it. And, you know, the Derby winner who runs just about always runs, obviously, um, you know, isn't going to get um, isn't going to get lost on the board and, and isn't going to, you know, the, the public is going to be onto it. I, I, one of the things I was looking at this week that's so striking to me is the, the respect that the Derby winner gets, even when it when it's a long shot and shows up at the Preakness. So you remember, like, mind that bird back in yeah. 2009, 51 to one in the in the Derby shows up at the Preakness seven to one. You know, and I think came within half a length of, uh, of catching uh, Rachel Alexandra at the end. I think the biggest, uh, at least when I was looking this week, the biggest, the long shot, the biggest long shot derby winner in the Preakness would have been Charismatic back in 99. And Charismatic, who had won the derby at 31 to 1, was 8 to 1 in the Preakness. That's about as long as your odds are going to get for a derby. And, of course, won the race. Um, but, you know, it's just uh, the derby winner, the public's on to them. They're, they're, they're <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. At the Derby, we've never seen these. A lot of the horses coming from all over the country, never really seen a matchup before. Now we have. Uh, yeah, so the uncertainty does come down quite a lot, I will say. Uh, and in, after seeing the draw, I'm in sort of the same headspace as you, you know, the two Bafferts at the top, which brings in the question who to put in the third hole. And I obviously want a big price to come in. I've heard a little bit of buzz about France Godina. Uh, keep me in mind. You mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do, do you think we see a pretty decent price come in here in the, in the, uh, in the third slide? Or, and uh, should I get aggressive and only put one or two in there or just pretty much put the rest of the, the card in after the exact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's one of the things too. It's striking about the Preakness, uh, you know, okay. These, uh, these new horses don't win it that often. They do get in the exotics. I think. Um, pretty often. And and I've just, you know, we've all seen, I think we all have memories, I'm sure, of some of these crazy, uh, my favorite one was was 2002. Um, War Emblem, the Baffert horse, uh, won the uh, 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 won the, the Preakness, had won the Derby, won the Preakness again, and this 45 to 1 Maryland bred horse named Magic Wisner, who <laughs> nobody had heard of, <laughs> just came streaking down the, the, the and got up for second, and, and suddenly, you know, you had the you had the favorite winning, and you had a good exacta because of. And I, you, I think you see a lot of that. It's a, it's a long way of saying I, I, yeah, I think if we if I go the route you and I are talking about here, I, I, I'd probably put a couple of them in there. One that I'm gonna, I am definitely gonna play, and this was purely 
purely sentimental attachment here. Um, I love that Dwayne Lucas has a horse yeah. in the Preakness at 85 years old. And you look on paper and you say, that horse does not belong anywhere near the Preakness. <laughs> I love that he's in there. And based on what I'm saying, where you know that the theory of weird stuff happens in the exotics in the Preakness, I'm yeah. probably going to put Ram in there. All right. Steve, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Whatever you do, I will do after you pick Medina Spirit to win. So I love it. Listen, thank you so much. We're excited to see you on NBC's broadcast of the Preakness this Saturday. I know you'll be a big part of the coverage, which does start at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Steve, thank you so much, and good luck with your bets this time around. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. <laughs> We're also going to have Brittany Erton on tomorrow. So she'll talk all about the Preakness and see how to continue how to handicap this one. But I'm with you. I feel like I now have to just continue with Bob Baffert's horses. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It's time to get into some golf, as we do really every single Wednesday. And for that, we bring in Will Gray, who is one awesome co-worker with NBC Sports and NBC Sports Edge, but really good at handicapping golf. And we have a lot to talk about with the Byron Nelson. And, and a few things that stand out to me here, Will, is that this could be the final 72 or 36 holes just leading into the fourth major of the season coming up. So when you do keep that in mind, who are you eyeing? Who could make a splash? And how difficult is it to handicap a tournament like this one? Uh, yeah, first of all, I don't know how you expect me to follow up Kornacki. Uh, <laughs> he's pulling out Freakness runner-up from 2002, just off the top of his head. The man can do it all. I was at that race. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. I was I like 10. You know, by, by next year, he's just going to be taking this slot. We're just going to have a 30-minute Kornacki show, and he can do every sport. But for now, I will talk golf. Okay. Happy to do it with you guys. Uh, yes, this is this is a tournament that has a few variables in play. You've got the PGA Championship next week. So you wonder how many guys are focused on Kiowa versus focused on this week's event outside Dallas. It's a new course. It's it's one that hasn't hosted a PGA Tour event before. Some of the Dallas guys are familiar with it. A lot of guys hadn't seen it until this week. So when you add it all in, one guy that I have circled on my card this week is Daniel Berger at 16 to 1. He's actually up to 18 to 1 now on points bet this morning. And he won back in February at Pebble Beach, and it feels like that was nine months ago. A lot has happened <laughs> since then. We haven't heard much about Daniel Berger, but he did finish in the top 15 at both TPC Sawgrass and Harbortown in a couple of his most recent starts. And I like his resume in terms of playing the week before a major. 
Each of his first two wins were in Memphis when that was played the week before the U.S. Open. Twelve times he's teed it up the week before a major. He has six top 10 finishes out of those 12. So he's one of those guys that tends to keep his focus on the task at hand, even with a major on deck. He's top 25 on tour in both approach, so iron play and putting. I think that's going to be a key balance this week. This week. Uh, the scouting report is you've got a lot of room to miss it off the tee, and these are big greens. So it could come down to a bit of a putting contest. So I think Daniel Berger is definitely a guy to watch. And then an interesting curveball, if you want to go a different way, there's a, a four-way group bet where Daniel Berger is the underdog at plus 325 against Bryson, John Rahm, and Jordan Spieth. I'm kind of out on Jordan Spieth this week, even though he's he's a popular play. He hasn't played since the Masters, and he did say yesterday that he got covid during the last month. So that knocked him out for about a week. He hasn't played a lot since then. He has to knock some rust off that he said he wasn't expecting to have uh, th this week at the Nelson as we look ahead to the PGA. So now all of a sudden you're looking at getting three and a quarter on Daniel Berger against, you know, Bryson and John Rahm. That's a pretty good price for a guy that I feel like is not quite on even footing, but he's pretty close. I like this. This is a great breakdown. Berger was the price that immediately jumped when I looked at this board. Uh, clearly, you know, should be among the class in the field and, and still is sort of in this second tier in terms of odds. And you're absolutely right. All three of those other guys are off form. So current form matters a ton. Uh, let's go Daniel Berger. Um, <laughs> as we look at some of the, uh, you know, some of the other long shots that we may see uh, make some noise here. Is there anyone that's kind of in the I don't know, 50 to 100 to one range that's uh, worth take, throwing a couple darts on? Yeah, I think there's a couple guys in that range that you can definitely look at. First one is going to be Luke List, who's around 66 to one. And this is a, a ride the hot hand pick where he finished inside the top 10. He was T6 last week at Quail Hollow. Uh, I will be kind in saying that Luke List is a terrible putter. Uh, he is 200 seconds <laughs> in putting, but, but hold on, he was 23rd last week on the green. That's a really big turnaround for a guy who is not known for his work on and around the greens. He really hit the ball well. He finished fourth last week in strokes gained off the tee. He's one of the longest drivers on tour. So when you get a course like this, it's a par 72. There's four par fives that he's going to be able to get to. He's going to be able to, to lean on the driver a lot because there are wide fairways. I think that's going to put him at, at more of a statistical advantage. And then the other part with Luke List is he tends to play better on easier courses. When you look at his breakdown, that's where he tends to make a lot of hay. And this is, again, a first-time venue for the PGA Tour. More often than not, when the Tour goes to a venue for the first time, they ease guys into it. They don't want to make it too taxing. I think we're going to see a lot of low scores this week. You're going to get a winning score in the 15 to 20 under range. So Luke List at, at 66 to 1 is definitely a guy that I have circled. And another guy in a similar price range, former Masters champion Charles Schwartzel, who is really starting to turn it around, got a special invite into the PGA Championship. We saw him alongside Louis Oosthuizen lose a playoff a couple weeks ago at the Zurich, but he's definitely trending in the right direction. There still may be some value on him in the number in the mid-60s. Okay, here's what I'll say. We got a little nugget from our friends at points bet. By the way, Zalatoris, 8.6% in terms of bet count, what they're taking on, and then DeChambeau is 6.9% for what it's worth. Okay, we really appreciate it, Will. Thank you so much, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of the week. Always good to be with you guys. I will say you need to go to NBCSportsEdge.com later because Will is going to have an awesome breakdown, one of the Byron Nelson, but also an in-depth article is coming out from him next week. I'm really excited uh, for before the PGA Championship because he got a chance to speak to some of the biggest names in golf, all about what they remember from the 2012 tournament in Kiowa. So I'm really looking forward to that. Plus, it's going to help us handicap a little bit, see what's interesting about the course there, Drew. I can't wait. That's going to be a great read. 
And as always, we finish the show with edge of the day. Drew, I feel like it flipped. I was having a good week this week. Not so much. You're kind of doing well, so I don't know. Give me something good. Give me some momentum to get me through this midweek Wednesday day. I need action tonight that I'm looking forward to getting into. Yeah, the NBA market is tight, man. The, the both the Warriors and the uh, the Knicks last night were huge sweats. <laughs> it came down to the very end of those games. If the Knicks had blown that uh, five and five point cover in overtime after I got like three points of closing line value, I might have just called it a week. Um, but they held <laughs> You're on. Not. You're not they coming on, on the show. It's over. It's a solo yeah, show yeah. with and, me. Well, come, cool. get, get, come back to me when the play in tournament starts. I'll, I'll, I'll talk NBA then. Fair enough. Um, but uh, but no, the Knicks survive. So we fight another day. Uh, and I took uh, a little bit of Wizards going back to the well against the uh, the Hawks. But my edge of the day is going to be the Portland Trailblazers. Very, this is a deja vu all over again. Golden State Warriors versus the uh, Utah Jazz from Monday. Uh, really and truly, the Trailblazers are the Golden State Warriors light. Uh, kind of the way that I look at their metrics and, and the way that they're currently playing right now. They had a very, very solid save their season kind of week on the road. Uh, and then now they take on the Jazz as two-point dogs at altitude. This is a tough matchup for them. However, Utah without Conley, without Mitchell, uh, and really just leaning pretty heavily on on Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles, uh, I think is going to be tough for Utah to, to hang with Portland from an offensive standpoint here. Um, Portland, of course... Uh, you know, relatively healthy right now. Yusuf Nurkic is playing quite well and is a decent matchup for Rudy Gobert and I think can neutralize some of the advantage Utah has when the starting five is on the floor. Uh, and then uh, just going to be counting on Dame Lillard to do his thing in crunch time here and get Portland over the line. Uh, I played this last night at uh, plus four. It's moved into plus two. So I've got some strong market mm -hmm. agreement with me here. Um, at this point, it's not worth taking the plus two. If you're riding with me on the Portland Trailblazers, I would look for the money line at plus 108. Uh, and I think uh, Portland gets a narrow win up at altitude. Right, it's just a benefit, one, to handicap the NBA, two, and be a night owl like you are. <laughs> you I'm far asleep by the time that's opening up. Okay. I love it, especially with Mike Connolly and Mitchell out. My edge of the day, I went back and forth on this one, and ultimately I'm looking at this White Sox game against the Twins. Jay Happ is pitching, and he's been doing uh, a lot better, but I do think he's facing a lineup in the Chicago White Sox that hit lefties so well. The White Sox are 7-1 and one in their last home games um, against a left-handed starter. And I look at Dallas Keuchel. He's been really good over his last five starts at 2.25 ERA. The White Sox have momentum. They now won four in a row, including yesterday against the Twins. But here's what stands out. And this is probably the most incredible stat in baseball. The Chicago White Sox run differential plus 59. So I am taking the Chicago White Sox money line. And I will say money has continued to come in on this. They opened, uh, I think around minus 130 and minus 140 at points, but now at minus 145. So I'm riding, I think with one of the best offenses in baseball and the Chicago White Sox tonight, Drew. I love it. And you, you brought it up. They, uh, they can touch the lefties. So this is a good spot. Yeah, that's what I think. Jay Happ's been good, but not good in Chicago. I will say he's kind of from that area. Okay, that's it for today. We will be back here tomorrow. Drew, good luck with your plays. I need a win tonight. I'm hoping when you're done with this, head on over to NBCSportsEdge.com because you'll have all the information you need to know after you're done listening to the podcast to continue helping with your wagers. Please do not forget, subscribe and rate the podcast. Drew and I appreciate it so much. Good luck with your plays and we will see you right back here tomorrow.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 